0: A quack, quack. Oh, got that one. Honk, honk. Oh, yep, got one of those, too. It is the opener for Waterfall, and uh, we're shooting down, and we gave you a vroom, vroom, too. Oh, wait, don't don't shoot the tire out of the motorcycle. Sorry about that. Stan Poggle here for Outdoor Adventures, and I'm always happy to bring in my friend, legendary guide, and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer, Chris Kudak here. How's it going, buddy? Oh, oh, geez, didn't mean to shoot at you either, buddy. Sorry about that.
1: That's okay, because I know you couldn't hit me even <laughs> if I stand in front of you after I see you trying to catch fish yesterday. Oh, here we go. We're going to start we're off the pit, show we're, with that. We're pit- we're pretty safe. We're pretty safe if you got a gun. Yeah,
0: exactly. Pretty safe, uh, for the fish with the, if I got a rod and reel in my hand either. But, uh, you were talking here a little bit before we got started here about how, how you're all sore from reeling in on all those fish. And I was saying, you better, uh, get to the gym a little bit there, old man, because, uh, I mean, you didn't reel in that many. You did beat me, though, for the first time ever that we had a fishing competition. I think the I think the previous four or five times I challenged you to a fishing competition, you uh, I won by default. You forfeited because you didn't show up. But yesterday you did finally show up. And uh, I'll admit, you, you whacked him a lot more than I did. So uh, congratulations on your first victory. It was
1: what, you know, we had, we had Focus Outdoors do a little TV show. We had a... We had a good group of guys on the boat. I mean, it was it was a fun fun outing. We you know everybody showed up kind of late. I don't know, it, when 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 somebody knows they're going fishing on Mille Lacs and they're on Minnetonka at uh, <laughs> nine o'clock and they don't leave till ten o'clock to go to Malak, you know he's got you know, uh, lots of notice and and the rest of the guys they. I don't know. These guys, I'm going to start telling them we're going to leave at 10 o'clock in the morning, and they might be there by noon.
0: Well, thankfully Sleepy bailed me out, because he, you know I was supposed to be the last one there, but Sleepy, he got uh, there a little bit later than I did even, so uh, I got bailed out by him. But yeah, it was definitely a fun time out on the water, and one thing that was amazing is there was nobody out there.
1: No. No, I mean, there's a big walleye tournament. I think there was I heard fifty boats but I don't think there was that many that showed up for that. Uh there was a couple other things, but no, there is there is nobody uh you know, there's a few locals out there, you know, doing this, doing that, but there's there's not a lot of people fishing. I mean, you look where we fished. I mean them spots I've been fishing all summer long and I've you know, I'm right out in front of an access there and there's not a lot of people that come in and out of there. Um uh, and the fish, I mean the quality fish we caught yesterday. We didn't work real hard at it. I mean, you know, we we missed we missed more fish than and we caught a lot of fish but we missed a lot of fish too. I mean everybody was missing fish and you know we were having a good time and it was a good group. We ate good. We got a good TV show out of the deal. You know and you got to mention Sleepy. You got to remember he drove all the way down from Bemidji yesterday.
0: Yeah he did have a long ride but uh, you know that's no excuse for when the when the fish are biting. I mean he had more chances on that one fish than I think I had all day and he and he missed it every time. I couldn't believe it. I was about ready to go kick him over overboard steal his rod from him.
1: Well, I think maybe you did go over and stand next to him and throw your line in the water. I think you jumped (laughs) right on the spot over there. But he finally did after about four or five times the fish took the bobber down. He finally did catch it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I did steal his spot, and that's where I caught my fish, too. So uh, I'm glad it it worked out for everybody. But uh, big weekend for hunters. Uh, Small game opening up this weekend. Next weekend going to be the big waterfowl season opener. And, of course, the bow hunters out there want to say hello to you if you're already in the garage uh, maybe uh, skinning up that deer and cleaning them up and don't forget us uh, guys here at outdoor adventures we love venison we love deer sticks uh, deer sausage all of that all of the above so you know if you have some extra after you get her all cut up and wrapped up and smoked up we will uh, gladly take that off our hands won't we
1: and I'll tell you what it's it's we got a breeze out but it is hot I mean it is it i I just I talked to Mike Courier, he was up in his cabin and he says he's, you he finally got in the air conditioner and you know, it's, it's just too hot to be out there bow And I mean, I was, I got up about five o'clock this morning. I was standing out on the deck and I watched four big, big flocks of honkers going south and big Canadians. And I'm thinking, you know, they know the cold front. They know winter's coming. They're they're already, they're getting an early start. They're going south.
0: And I'm sure most of those guys that did leave the stands early, I'm sure they already have a great story plan for when they get home to their wives of uh, why they uh, stumbled in the door too.
1: Well, you know, a lot of them guys. I know some guys that are third deer hunting this weekend, bow and arrow hunting. But you know, they won't go out till, till this evening. They won't go out till you know three, four o'clock, uh, sit in their stand till dark. And, uh, you know, that like, like the, a lot of them, then they get the deer come out to feed in the corn or wherever they're putting, And now they got to sit there for another couple hours because <laughs> they don't want to spook the deer. So they sit there until nine, 10 o'clock. And I, I just, I said, yeah, you know, it just, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just too warm. I, I, I mean, granted, yeah, I mean, it's opening day. Everybody likes to do it. But to me, it's, I'm not going to go sit out in the stand when it's this warm. I mean, you shoot them deer, you got to, you got to process them brighter. You got to get the hides off and get them cool because I mean, it's 80 degrees out.
0: Yeah, it definitely is a warm one, but enjoy it because I I saw there's some 60s on the horizon. That should cool the water down. I was out on Minnetonka the other day uh, doing a little searching, seeking destroy mission out there. So uh, hopefully here in a couple of weeks when that water starts cooling down, I can can uh, get out there and uh, hammer a few walleyes and maybe even a few crappies here this fall. But uh, looking forward to that. But got a good show coming up here on Outdoor Adventures as well. Speaking of Minnetonka, we're going to chat the uh, West Tonka Walleye Program. They're back in the news, so we will uh, chat with Johnny Range about that. They are coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then uh, next segment, we're going to be chatting about some new reels. And I know you were testing a few of them out there yesterday on the launch. Uh, What do you think?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. For the price and how smooth they are, and I mean, I think they're probably one of the top reels in the market. I mean, these these guys got they got something here. I mean, it's uh, they got. I haven't seen their rods, but I guess they got reels. And they got open face bait casters, and I haven't seen all their stuff. I, I got a couple of reels, and I'll tell you what, I, I sure like them. They're they're. I think. They're going to be, they're going to be a player out there in the game with this, with these reels they got. And I, I believe the only way you can get them is through the internet. Uh, but we'll talk, we'll talk to him when he, when he gets on and we'll find out the whole scoop. And that's like the, the, the bass that we caught yesterday. I, I was using some artificial bait called the slimers. They, they are leeches. Uh, he's got nightcrawlers. He's got some cork rind. He's got some walleye. It's walleye and bass fishing stuff. Uh, and I caught that 21 and incher yesterday. On a slimer, I mean, it works. Yeah, I'm I, and me. I'm not. Uh, uh, I I gotta try them. I gotta get confidence in them, and uh, uh, they work. I put it on, and I got if I didn't catch a fish on it. So I mean, I was using them. Yeah, and we were, I mean, we were catching fish
0: out of Yeah, and a lot more people go into the plastics and I, I, I still haven't made that full transition. I'm still kind of a uh, live bait guy, but I've been trying it here and there. And I mean, I have had a little bit of success. So I think it's one of those things you mentioned uh, the word confidence. And I think that's a big thing because, you know, when you've been doing it as long as I have one way, it, it takes a little bit of a learning curve and a little bit of trial and error to kind of get to that new uh, tactic, I guess.
1: Well, and you know, plastics—they're—they're—they're they're, they're learning how to how to injection mold these things, I believe, and and put put the scent in them. And I, I you know, I don't know the whole. Deal. I'm I'm really not up on the plastics, but the what you know, the stuff I use in the winter, the little the little Berkeley power bait, the minnows. I mean, I use them for panfish and this and that. To, I mean, they work. I mean, I've I've been out there where a guys sitting next to me in a fish house, he's using crappie minnows and I'm using that little power bait, and man, I'm catching fish quicker than he is and I'm done and he's still still scratching his head going I I, I don't know it's just you get confidence in it and it, and these companies are, are getting to be where they can put the, the scent in them and, and the, the leeches yesterday when I pulled them out of that box I mean I just got them delivered yesterday morning and I'll tell you what it impressed me they look like live leeches I mean they actually look like live leeches I mean they, 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 they're they viable they're, they move it doesn't take much of a breeze to get that thing to look like it's swimming I mean
0: yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the plastics are like you say they're kind of stiff and stuff. But this was real. It was a lot more flimsier and had a lot more action. And one other thing I did notice is that you never took them out of your pocket until you had to put another one back on. So I'm you were hoarding those things again. So I never got a chance to try them myself.
1: No, no, I had a bottle sitting right there on the counter. I had better fact, I had three, four bottles sitting there. They were all. That's right not what I field, heard. So. There, you know, a couple of the other guys are using them, and and I believe Tony got got one of his big ones on on that. So, I mean, uh, you know, it's just stuff that uh, you got to try, and, and you know, you, you know, you just got to use them and get a little confidence in them. And, and I I think you know the way the bait situation is going in our state, you know, we you know, look at it, well, look what we had for leeches yesterday. I mean, we went all over to find bait. This time of year, you can't find it. It's you know, it's panfish leeches. It's stuff that's been sitting in the dealer's tanks for, you know, months on end. So, you know, you, you gotta use what you can.
0: Exactly. Chris Kuduk is joining me. I'm Stan Poggle. This is Outdoor Adventures. We'll chat with, uh, some new reels coming out and, uh, we'll chat about that. And also we'll be chatting West Tonka Walleye program coming up at the bottom of the hour as well. Plenty of other fun to come here as well. If you'd like to chime in. 651-989-5855. More Outdoor Adventures next. Outdoor Adventures continues here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeart Radio app. And uh, make sure you check out our Facebook page as well. I got back on the computer here, Kuduk, for the first time in a while, and got a lot of stuff uploaded. We have your uh, monster Smalley up there. Uh, I got some pictures of the fish fry, which, by the way, uh, I don't think I'm not only the bottle bass champion, Kudok, but I think I'm also the, now the uh, fish-eating champion because I must have downed at least five pounds of fish. It was insane. I just couldn't help myself.
1: Oh, I'll tell you what. When we got done over there, after we got done fishing, we went over to Tom's over there, and they fried all that fish up. But when I crawled in my truck, I didn't know how <laughs> I was going to get out of that truck because yeah. between the fish and the potato salad, the brownies, and everything else they had over there, I was full. I mean, yep. I was so full. And when they come out with that pheasant that they cooked, I couldn't eat any of that. And I was, and I love pheasant. I was so full I couldn't eat it.
0: Yeah. I, well, they kept changing it up. They're like, well, we're going to try these, and then they're like, you ready for the good stuff? Here, try some of that. And they're like, oh, by the way, we have pheasant as well. Do you want to try some of that? And you know. I don't get to go to the outdoor fish fries all that much because most of the time they're on the weekend and I'm working, so I was like, well, I'm taking advantage of this and I'm going to eat until I can't eat anymore. And But I'll tell you what, that was one of the uh, longer drives back to the cities from Mille Lacs I've ever had because uh it was it was tough to stay awake because i had such a bad food coma so uh thanks to tom porker and focus outdoors again for uh hosting us up there at his uh cabin yesterday it was a great time and uh we're gonna get back into it here with outdoor adventures we have uh jason from pc fun they make uh rods and reels and plenty of accessories and uh tackle bags and the like so let's bring him on good afternoon jason how we doing
2: I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for the opportunity to come on and
0: talk with you. So, tell us a little bit about what PC Fun is and uh, what type of product you uh, offer, and why.
2: Absolutely. So, uh, PC Fun is a fishing company that's been out for about three and a half years now, um, and we're a little bit different than most. So, the the basis of our company is we're actually a, a digital first company, and uh, what I mean by that is you're not going to find us in big box stores like maybe a Cabela's or a Bass Pro Shop. Um, So a lot of people see our prices and they're like, wow, they're so cheap. And I hear that word cheap, and I try to correct people, and I'm like, no, they're not cheap, they're affordable. So by not working with those big box stores, we're actually able to take all those savings that would typically get racked up in that area and pass it right down um, to our consumers. So we're able to make a high-end fishing rod, high-end fishing reels, and what you would typically see, maybe at a hundred and fifty dollar price range, we might offer that reel at a seventy dollar price range. So it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty unique. It's different, um, and it's really starting to catch fire right now. So it's just it's been a lot of fun.
1: And, and the reels you got, I mean, I, I had some on yesterday, and I let the guys use them. I used them. I mean, they're they're smooth. They're they're. I mean, <laughs> they're they're some of the nicest reels I've ever had in my hands.
2: Yeah, I would agree. You know, it's it's obviously hard anytime a new brand or a new company is trying to get started, especially in the fishing industry. Because you guys know, as fishermen, we're pretty particular about our gear. You know, so trying to make a name when you're going up against some of the big boys like Shimano and Daiwa and Saint Croix, it's not easy. Um, but you know, we're really coming out with some high end products, and like I said, that that digital first model really just allows us to pass those savings on to the customer and. Instead of kind of lining the pockets of those big box stores,
0: and you guys do it sounds like a lot of that where you put it in the hands of guys like Kudak or uh, Pro Angler stuff like that, so they can kind of give you some feedback, and that's another nice thing. And we work with with some other companies as well, and that's the one thing we've found. Uh, Chris and I, you know, working with you know companies like yourself, where you do take the feedback from guys like us, and, and you make those changes or you make those adjustments to. To make it uh, what it should be
2: absolutely I mean I've been in the fishing industry for a much shorter time than you know you and Chris but I've been doing it long enough to know that the best feedback comes from the guys that have their hands on the product every single day day in and day out and what I noticed in, in my time in the industry is that although a lot of good feedback comes out a lot of companies don't use it and I always thought that was odd because again to me the best feedback comes from the subject matter expert who's on the water so we absolutely every every product we make, every product we test, we listen wholeheartedly to the, the folks out there who are, are putting the, the products to work.
1: And, and what what all you got? real, you got open faces, you got bait casters, you got fishing rods. What, what else do you what, what else do you guys carry? So
2: at the moment, we've got everything from you know a really nice pair of aluminum fishing pliers that are saltwater friendly to tackle bags for someone who may like kayak fishing. We have some really high-quality tackle bags. Um, you know, we offer, like you said, bait casters, spinning reels. And we're actually getting ready to step into, and a lot of guys are excited about this, into the um, trolling reels. So that's going to be coming hopefully in spring of next year. Um, so the idea or the goal long-term is to really be a one-stop shop um, for fishing products, you know, all along the lines, from bags to bait to line. Uh, and we're just kind of slowly stepping our way into that.
0: Talking with uh, Jason from PC Fun Reels and Action, uh, where where can people uh, get your stuff? Uh, you said you're not in the big store, so I'm guessing it's mostly online. How do people get in touch with you guys?
2: Yeah, so so the best way to find us is we sell through Amazon.com, and then we also sell through our own website, which is www.pcfun.com. That's P-I-S-C-I-F-U-N. And uh, we also are just kicking off our program where we're starting to work with small tackle dealers. So here in the near future, you're going to start to see us popping up in a lot of these small tackle shops in different
1: areas across the country. And if you would like to, Stan, give him our our Facebook page so he can put his information on there and put some of his uh, reels and stuff on there. Because I tell you what, people look at these things because... Uh, they they got a they got a gold bind here. I well, mean, I'm gonna have, have to. It uh, sounds you guys guys like I'm gonna have, have to steal
0: yours from you, Kuduk, and and uh, then you can uh, go buy your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but
1: so I'm, uh, waiting I, to see, I, I'm waiting to see the rods next.
0: Yeah, I, I did I'm get a chance right to take a look at them from. here, Jason, yesterday, and uh, like I said, Kuduk was using them, and then uh, Sleepy in the back of the boat was using them, and. And uh, they're really, I mean, they're nice-looking reels. They they seem to be constructed real, real well, and, and the feel of them is good. So, I mean, I guess, you know, besides the price, uh, is there anything, you know, besides we talked about earlier about how you take the feedback from the anglers, but, you know, uh, what in your mind besides the price and, and that makes your reel special and uh, make, makes people want to use them and uh, try them out?
2: I mean, honestly, you know, so you have the price. You have, like you said, working with professional anglers and guides to really dial in exactly what that product should be. Um, and then, honestly, for us, it's the customer service. To me, customer service is a dying art in today's world. Um, you know, I don't care if it's talking with a cable company on the phone or talking with a, a company where you broke your fishing rod. It seems like today it's not as easy to get taken care of as it once was. So one of our biggest things uh, for this company is that when a customer comes forward and they have an issue of any sort, that we're going to do everything in our power to take care of that customer. So I would say beyond the product, our customer service is really what makes us a phenomenal company.
1: Well, I'll tell you right, the worst worst thing you can do is call somebody and want to talk to a human, because most times you call somebody, there's no human there. It's uh, this is recording. You got to call this or do this or do this. And I've 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 done it. I've done it. Many buddies of mine have done it, and pretty soon. They hang up on them and never call them back. They, they, they go somewhere else. That's, that's yep. one thing that – and it's every business. I mean, I could, name, I could go out and name all kinds of businesses. Everybody talks to a machine. Yep, and to give you
2: a little bit of idea about how serious we are about customer service, if you go on our webpage or our Facebook page, that phone number on there comes directly to my cell phone. So when someone calls and they have an issue with a reel, they're getting Jason Brennick, U.S. Director, on the phone right away – um or if they leave a voicemail, I'm calling them back shortly thereafter. So that's how serious we are about our customer service.
1: Yeah, and I you know, I've talked to you a few times and you know, I call there and you know it takes a day or so but you get at least you get back to me. Where a lot of places you'll never hear from a member again. Absolutely. Yep. So I would say that's a big selling point. You know, we got the products
2: dialed in and like I said, just taking care of our customers along the way.
0: Sounds great, Jason. Once again, uh, where can people find you and get more information? I'm guessing you uh, maybe have some videos and stuff like that on your website as well.
2: Absolutely. So we're being a digital-first company, we're, pretty, uh, we're out there pretty well on all the platforms. So you can certainly check us out on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We also have a YouTube. A lot of videos that I do are posted on YouTube. I think our YouTube has about 193 videos on it now. Um, and then if you're looking to purchase, certainly, like I said, is, you know, www.pcfund.com. And then you can check us out on amazon.com as well.
0: And that's p-i-s-c-i-fund.com, right? Correct. All right, Jason. Well, we appreciate your time and checking into Outdoor Adventures here and best of luck in your ventures. I know you guys are, uh, relatively new, uh, kids on the block. So, uh, always nice to see a, a new guy in the game and, uh, it always, uh, helps The other guys kind of uh, check themselves and make sure they're uh, keeping up their end of the bargain, too. So I think it's a win-win all the way around.
2: Certainly. Well, thank you guys again. I appreciate the time being able to come on air and talk with everyone and talk with you about the product and the company.
0: Thanks, Jason. Yep. That is uh, Jason from PCFun.com. You can check him out at PCFun.com. That's pisci Fun dot com and kudak i have to ask you too i know the turtle is roaming around there somewhere he's probably getting in trouble while you're on the radio here but uh well what's he been up to today is he is he staying well, out of your
1: hair yeah, is he getting in a trouble? In here
0: Oh i don't want to get him on the radio he'll probably say something bad i don't want to hear him what's up turtle did you get rid hey, of hey, wrong nickname. did you get rid of those guinea hens out there yet not yet. I'm still in bed. Oh my gosh! That you know, you're just like your grandpa. I tell you, he sleeps all day long. Yeah, I got
1: he, told.
0: And then he tells me that he's uh, working so hard. So put put grandpa back on the phone.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he wanted to say, I said, "Well, I say I understand." Yeah, he's sick. You he don't feel good. He's got, <laughs> yeah, he's got it coming down with something. So he's, he's all, all stuck in grandpa's bed with watching TV, watching and doing this and doing. He's got about 10 things going
0: on. He was yep. trying to chase the
1: giddy this morning. Yeah, I'm guessing.
0: I'm guessing you probably tried to put him to work and then he uh, suddenly came down with the uh, the the plague. So, uh we'll get back to uh, more outdoor adventures here if you'd like to dial in, 651 989 5855 651 989 855 We'll chat more about the uh, small game opener that is this weekend. Waterfall coming up next weekend. And uh, hopefully, your bow hunters out there aren't uh, sweating too bad out there. So, uh, also, Johnny Range, we're going to try to check in with him of the West Tonka Walleye Program and find out what is going on there next when Outdoor Adventures continues here on Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130, FM 1035, and the free iHeartRadio app. into the second half of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5 and the free iHeartRadio app. If you haven't already, download that free iHeartRadio app and you can download episodes of Outdoor Adventures and listen to them anywhere anytime for free. And also check us out on Facebook. Kudak's Big Smalley that he uh, snagged yesterday. You know, he had another lucky day, didn't you, Kudak? Well, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: it's... uh... You know, When you're the guide, you got to put your customers on the fish, you know. So that's what I did. It just happened that uh, the biggest one got caught by the guide.
0: Yeah, you always you always seem to park the boat over the biggest fish for yourself. I, I see how you are.
1: Well, you know, I gave you guys <laughs> long enough to play around, and I showed you what to do, told you what to do. And a couple of them listened. A few didn't listen so well. A few took a nap. Yeah. So a couple was sleepy, sleepy was sleeping, I had to yell at him, and the two guys up in the front of the boat, uh, Mark and, uh, uh, what's the, what was the other guy's name there? Jeremy. I, I had, to, had to scold them a couple of times, but, you know, they, they they got going.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to transition from your neck of the woods to my neck of the woods and head out to uh, Lake Minnetonka and talk with uh, Johnny Range of the West Tonka Walleye Program. Good afternoon, Johnny.
3: Hey, thanks for having me on your show.
0: So, uh, it's been a while since we've chatted, and I know, uh, this is something that's, uh, near and dear to your heart, and, uh, mine as well, and, and, uh, you've been, uh, working on the family thing here a lot as of late, so congratulations on the, uh, new additions to your family, but, uh, we're getting things going here for, uh, the upcoming banquet in April, next April, for the West Tonka Walleye Program, and, uh, just to start off for those that maybe haven't Caught you on a previous show here on Outdoor Adventures. Uh, explain what the program does and what it is.
3: Well, the West Tonka Walleye Program is a privately funded walleye stocking program where we're stocking walleye that are between eight inches and thirteen inches in Minnesota's biggest metro lake, Lake Minnetonka.
0: And and I was going to ask you since you said the stocking thing. Uh, Now, I understand before you would stock every year, but now I thought I had read something somewhere where the DNR is only going to allow you to stock on odd years or even years or whatever it is.
3: Well, yeah, let me explain that because it's pretty confusing. The DNR is pretty confusing in their uh, expectations or how they explain this. But uh, basically, I'm only allowed to buy fish that were born on even-numbered years. So, on odd years i 'll have to buy one year old fish on even numbered years. I can buy zero year old fish if that makes sense zero or two year old fish so I have to stock the d n r only stocks on even numbered years and they 're only allowing us to stock fish that were born on even numbered years
1: yeah,
0: that is a little is
1: confusing there's there something with the fish that they're they're uh, uh, They're nuts or something? You can't stock them? To me, the DNR are not paying for this. Your foundation is paying for it. You should be able to stock any time you want, as far as I'm concerned.
3: Yeah, we asked the DNR to allow us to buy fish from both year classes, even and odd, because this allowed us to purchase fish that were less expensive. The DNR buys a lot of their fish from the same fish hatcheries that we buy from. And the fish market is a supply and demand priced market. And when the DNR buys their fish for the stocking Lake Minnetonka, they put in 6,500 pounds every other year. When they buy those same fish, I'm forced to compete with them for the same year class, forcing my fish to be more expensive. If they allow me to buy fish on the other year, I can buy fish at a significantly reduced rate because there's less demand for those fish. Um, but th- the reason the DNR does this is they stock on even-numbered years, and then when they do their gill netting of the lake, they come and sample the different bays, They're able to age the fish to find out how many of the fish um, were born or or when they were born, and they're able to determine that 95% of the fish were born on even-numbered years, the years that they stopped. 5% of the fish come from odd-year classes, so they can determine there's very little natural reproduction. They don't want to lose the ability... To just keep checking that there's very little natural reproduction.
0: Sure. So it's kind of a uh, way to keep tabs on thing as well. That's understandable. So, um, and I know uh, with your with your busy lifestyle, you've been kind of running this thing uh, by the seat of your pants here for the last few years, for lack of a better term. So uh, you're looking for a little bit uh, more volunteerism, and uh, you got a meeting coming up here in a couple of weeks. It looks like uh, what's going to happen there.
3: Yeah, so we're, we, we we were unable to hold our fundraiser this year just because life and work and family just was too busy. I, I couldn't dedicate the time, and I didn't want to hold a fundraiser if it wasn't going to be as good as the ones that have been in the past. So we took 2018 off from holding a fundraiser, but we're going to do it again in 2019. So the last Thursday in April of 2019, we are going to hold our annual fundraiser at the Gillespie Center in Mound, with the hopes of raising $60,000 or more to stock more walleye in Lake Minnetonka. But what's happening in the short run is I'm asking people for help. We're going to start meeting at Back Channel Brewing in uh, Spring Lake Park, Minnesota, right on the on Shoreline Drive in the middle of Lake Minnetonka on the last Thursday of each month. Our goal would be to meet together with a group of people and try to help me plan this event, help me find donations, um, come to this event, find out more about what we're talking about uh, or what we're uh, – what we need, tell me how you can help us out, um, just looking for volunteers.
0: And you guys have a Facebook page in that. Uh, so what, the first one is, it looks like, what, September 27th here coming up?
3: Yeah, is it the 26th or the 27th? I'm sorry, it's a Wednesday. Wednesday, right. so that would be the 26th, yeah. The
0: 26th. yeah. So yeah. uh the 26th will be the first one at Back Channel Brewery. It's the new uh, brew house there in Spring Park. Uh, and i mean right next to the channel there, so I might have to bring my fishing rod and maybe uh, – Stick it in the bank over there. Maybe we'll get one of those uh, West Westonka walleyes while we're chatting about it.
3: I'll tell you, I think there's a lot of guys talking the same idea. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> We'll have some good beer, and I'll have some tickets available for our 2019 fundraiser banquet, so if guys are willing to help sell tickets. We had another guy uh, donated a bunch of bumper stickers for vehicles, so we'll have bumper stickers if anybody's interested in some of those. Or if anybody just wants to come learn more about our program and what we're doing and meet the people behind it... Um, it's really just a chance to get everybody together and uh, brainstorm on how we can make this better and who can find donations and you know how we're going to make it happen because we don't buy any prizes. All of our prizes are donated to the program, and then all the money that we raise goes to buy fish. Nobody gets paid a dime, and we don't spend money on anything. We don't buy advertising. We don't buy food. We don't buy banquet halls or anything. Everything's donated. All the money goes to buy fish. And so what that really needs is a lot of volunteerism. Yeah. So if people are willing to come down and hang out, that's what we need.
0: Well, and it's good, too, because you get some people, you know, they might know a lot of people, like Kudak, he knows a lot of people in the industry, where you might have another person uh, that maybe is good at web design or another guy that's good at this or that. So it all kind of comes together and uh, makes it all better in the long run.
3: You're 100% correct. If you're passionate about walleye fishing or if you're passionate about Lake Minnetonka, We need your help. Um, and if you're a, if you're a lawyer, we could use your help. If you do accounting, we can use your help. If you, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. If you own a massage studio or if you're a roofer, anybody who's willing to donate time or services or financial support, anything, uh, helps the program. So it, and it all turns into more fish in the lake. And, and how, how,
1: how is, you know, you've been doing this for a few years now. How, how is the walleye population in Minnetonka?
3: I'll tell you what. I went out last summer. Um, I haven't fished much this year, but I, last last summer I went out, and I've been fishing on the lake for several decades, and it was always a good time if you caught a few fish. I went out this last summer, and I caught me and my buddy caught 52 walleye in three hours. We had one that was a 28. We had two of them that were in the low 20s. Uh, we ended up keeping... Uh, three fish each that were between 16 and 18, and we released 40-some fish that were, you know, 13 inches and smaller. So we're, they we're really seeing a difference in the fishery. I've got guys coming up to me telling me they've lived on the lake for, you know, 60-plus years and fish all the time, and they had the best season of their life at walleye fishing just recently. So I believe there's an impact. I believe people are seeing a difference. Um, I think more fishermen are connecting with walleye. The DNR has been, uh, has not released any, um, results that indicate that this is true, but the word of mouth from the bait stores and the fishermen is it, it's working, they're seeing results, and, and, and it's also important to note, we've been asking people for a voluntary sportsman slot, meaning we're stocking fish as big as 13 inches, and, uh, we're asking people to release fish smaller than 16 inches. We know there's very little natural reproduction, and these 13-inch fish will be 16-inch fish within a year or so. So if, if people will just release these small fish that are the size of a cigar, they're going to be nice fish in a year or two. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of natural reproduction, so we've got to stock them, and we got to ask people to release them as well.
0: Yeah, and I've noticed that, too, in the last... Uh, I don't have a whole lot of luck and time in the summer, but in the winter I do. And I've noticed, too, you know, I'm catching more of those... I guess smaller ones, the kind of the throwbacks, like you're talking, the under, you know, fifteen, sixteen inches. So I think it's definitely working, and you know, you throw those back, and hopefully uh, in a couple of years they'll be uh, nice ones to uh, take home to the frying pan. But one question I had, and I mean, I know you're no biologist either, but you know, it seems like it's a lake that has plenty of structure and a lot of structure and plenty of gravel and rocks and all this. So why the heck is it because the fish being stocked are coming from fish farms that they just lose their natural ability over time to reproduce, or why, why are they not reproducing in that lake?
3: So my theory is the main tributary streams that flow into the lake, like Six Mile Creek or Painter's Creek, um, those creeks are so filled with sediment and mud. If you go in there with your boat, it's just silt and mud and muck. And, uh, you know, what I've been told is when walleye spawn, They lay their eggs into pea gravel where it's got to be cold, oxygenated water flowing across it. And then when they hatch, they'll swim away. When they swim into these, you know, Six Mile Creek or Painter's Creek, I've seen them swimming in there, and there's thousands of them attempting to spawn. But what happens is the eggs drop into the silt and the mud, and they get buried into an inch and a half of mud. And then when they hatch, they're basically, they drown because they're covered in silt and sediment. And so Hmm. one conversation was, what can we do to restore this natural spawning habitat with the dnr and they basically said it's just too expensive and that the lakeshore owners that have their their properties in these spawning streams uh wouldn't want to it would be too expensive to convince them to change their current shoreline into being something that was gotcha. positive for walleye spawning
0: well that's good so. information uh once again uh where can people find out more about the program and uh get uh i guess maybe signed up, or interested in these meetings?
3: Well, everybody should like us and follow us on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, we're under the West, West Tonka Walleye Program on Facebook. If um, We also have a website at 472fish.org, 472fish.org. Um, that's a good place to go as well. But, uh, yeah, we're just a bunch of good guys out there trying to raise some money and to stock some more fish in uh, Minnesota's biggest metro lake.
0: Well, we'll see you there in a couple of weeks at Back Channel Brewing on the twenty-sixth for the uh, first uh, gathering of the West Tonka Walleye Program. Uh, Going to get some brainstorming done. So, if there's something you can bring to the table and help out the program, I definitely invite people out there. Thanks again, Johnny Range.
3: Thanks for having me on, the show.
0: No problem. That is uh, Johnny Range of the West Tonka Walleye Program. You can find out more at four seven two fish dot org. Four seven two fish. Dot org or uh, come and see us up at that meeting on the 26th at Back Channel Brewery, right on the main drag there, uh, basically right across from the uh, drive-in there in Spring Park. So it should be a lot of fun. You might have to uh, come down there and uh, join us one of these times too, Kudok. So uh, we'll uh, be joining in there as well. And we'll be back with one more segment here on Outdoor Adventures. Don't forget, Black Republican, Black Democrat is coming up next. Full new program coming up. Uh, Jamar and Patwin are back from their week off, so we'll join them at the top of the hour, and Outdoor Adventures will wrap things up next. Well, that's when music was music, Kudok. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> One final segment of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and the free iHeartRadio app. Make sure you download that free iHeartRadio app. You can listen and tune in to Outdoor Adventures. And all the archives going back, gosh, we, we've we been putting up with each other for over two years now. I think it's coming up on three years here now.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty close, three years. And, you know, we've been... I've been having to babysit you for three years. You'd think the maid the the your your secretary would start taking care of you.
0: Well, uh, we're working on that. We're working on that. But uh, check out our Facebook page too, because not only uh, Kudak Lunker Smalley is on there, and the uh, picture of the feast that I mean, uh, that that one picture of the the pan of fish. I would say that pan of fish. I mean, it's about the size of a kitchen table. But uh, I would say I probably ate about two of those. So
2: well, I'll
1: tell you, they <laughs> had the, the boys. They had fun out fishing, and they sure put a good feed on. And, and a good bunch of guys. We we got a good TV shoot done yesterday, and we all had fun.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun, so thanks to uh, Tom Porker of Focus Outdoors for inviting us out to the cabin and uh, for the big fish and pheasant fry, and and also I wanted to uh, point out, I don't know if you saw Kudak, but I got that news release from, from the DNR today, and I don't know if you saw it on my Facebook or not, but they're talking about the overage we had when they kind of extended that season here a couple of years back, and we went over whatever it was, 20,000 pounds. Well, now supposedly this year the catch rate and mortality rate has been so low that it actually makes up for that. So it's kind of going to be a wash. So I guess if you're looking at something, I would say that's good news for people that maybe want to take something home for the frying pan here in the future.
1: Well, you know, I I, I still when when they said that we went over because we were we were we fished for an extra three weeks or whatever it was, and and you know it was that you know. It, to me that was a bunch of bunch of hoopla. You know they can put the nets out there and catch all them fish and nobody watches them. They can fish all summer long and nobody watches them. I mean uh we need a new governor that that goes in there and looks through what's going on and uh you know put somebody on them when them, when the the natives are out there netting, they should have somebody sitting at each one each one of them boat ramps checking every fish they got. Counting everything, and if it's a northern, it's a perch or it's a carp or whatever they got, you know, they're supposed to, they're dead, so they got goes against their, their they're pounded. There should be somebody mm-hmm. on every one of them, actually, every lake that they net, there should be somebody there. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what comes up with this deal at Gull Lake. It's at the Night Supreme Court or whatever it is to see, you know, there were some natives that were going to put next to that lake. Well, I, I believe that, you know, we're in the 2020 you know, it's, uh, you know, you can go out and buy fish, do whatever, you know, there shouldn't be nothing in any length, none whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, basically what the story says is is those fish that we went over, uh, I think it was like 2016, now this year we're under the allotted slot or however many uh, the annual fish that uh, we're able to take, so that supposedly is supposed to uh offset that other number so and they they're doing of course uh, study after study after study so hopefully they get it figured out and you mentioned about a new governor uh who we hope will be governor uh, Jeff Johnson on the GOP side he is uh was actually up there uh he must have been up there either today or yesterday i saw a post uh something about he's up there at Twin Pines and and you know he was he was mentioning the fact that I did earlier in the show that there's just nobody out there.
1: No, no, there's, you know, people, people are, the kids are in school. They got sports going now. Uh, people are closing up their cabins. I mean, they, they did have a couple of tournaments up there. And, I mean, there's some locals out there fishing, some cabin owners that, yeah, they'll come up. But pretty soon everything will be closed up. and. You know, people want people want to go up there and keep fish. They want to keep one or two fish. I mean, enough for a meal. You're spending that kind of money. You're paying taxes. You're driving up an hour to the cities or two hours. You you want to keep one or two fish. I mean, for a meal for you and your wife, for you and the kids. And, and people, you know, their places are closing up. There's there's no money to be there. Pretty soon there would be. It's going to be a, it's going to be dead unless they do something up there.
0: Yep. So uh, hopefully they get that figured out. But you can uh, find that story. It's. It's uh, lengthy, but nothing too bad. I mean, if I can get through it, I think anybody can. It's, you know, take five minutes, go check it out. Um, but it has all the information that we we're just chatting about as far as, you know, that payback from that overallocation that we had when they extended the season. So it should be uh, a good thing for the anglers up there. And I'm hoping it's going to be that corner we turn, you know, to get actually so you can take something home for the frying pan.
1: Yeah, and I think I think they should give us something, but it'll be you know we're gonna have to get a new governor in there, and they're gonna have to do this and do that. But uh, I, I, I'm hoping the new governor—we had him on the radio—and I'm hoping that that he can he can somehow get get some get some casinos, state-run casinos, in this state, and you know get some revenue. You know that way, if we can stock the lake, we can go put more more walleyes in that lake, than we know what to do with the bait fish and whatever in that lake and get it back to where it was 20 years ago, 25 years ago.
0: Well, I'm not disagreeing on the uh, state-run casinos, but the problem is, and and I know Jeff mentioned this when we had him on uh, when he was touting for governor, is the more money you give the state, unfortunately, the more they spend. So I personally don't think they need more money to spend. I think they need to be a little bit more fiscally responsible with the funds that they're already getting because, I mean, they, every time you turn around, you're getting nickels and dimes. So as far as that goes, I hope they uh, don't uh, get more revenue because that's just what they need. That's more stuff they can spend yeah, up
3: then.
1: You, you, would, you would have to get a, a like them state-run casinos. You sh- the, the politicians wouldn't be able to touch it. It should be right back into resources. That's, I mean, done deal, nothing else. It should be the state park. It should be the trails, it should be the lakes, it should be the... Well, we we already
0: have the legacy amendment for that, and apparently they still don't have enough, so whatever. But we got to go, buddy. I'll let you go and get back to the turtle. Tell him I hope he feels better, and uh, tell him to get that slingshot and rifle out, and you'll probably feel a lot better.
1: Well, he's got the shotgun going up next to you. Oh,
0: boy. Here we go. Well, take her easy, buddy. We'll talk to you soon.
1: Okay, buddy.
0: That's legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer Chris Kudak. I'm Average Everyday Outdoorsman, Stan Poggle, and don't forget two-time reigning bottle bath champion as
3: well. Big deal. Black Republican, black Democrat coming up next.